my name is Doc. I am hosting a softball tournament in June. Actually, it will be June 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the first weekend. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event uh, to raise money for Mission 22 to help prevent veteran suicide. Because as you know, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. I personally am a Mission 22 survivor. This June will be 15 years for myself from when I tried to commit suicide. So it's just in my heart to give to Mission 22. I would love for y'all to be a part of this tournament by giving donations. I can be reached by email and it's beard, B-E-A-R-D, bash, B-A-S-H dot softball at gmail.com. I would greatly appreciate as many donations as possible. And it does not have to be it can be 50 cents. All proceeds will go to Mission 22. Hello and welcome to a Veterans Drinking Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues for vets acclimating back into civilian life. Today we have Brendan Kay from the United States Army, retired as a Master Sergeant E8. He made that list, that's right. Originally from DC, is now retired and loving it in Georgia, kicking it around as an IT guru. Brandon did... <laughs> Well, he got in in 99, and uh, everything seemed to have kicked off in 2001. So he uh, he has seen a thing or two in a couple of places, been to Iraq, Afghanistan, and Syria. And Brandon, welcome aboard at Article 15, brother. Thanks for having me. The honor is all mine. I am just finishing up my uh, Saturday drill up at Great Lakes, so I am still in uniform and enjoying a well-deserved cold Budweiser and we are going to, we're going to rock this podcast, man. So we met as grown men meet nowadays on TikTok. And so if you want to brother, give us a brief kind of like generalization of the military, man, what, what made you get there and what, what did you take back from it? So graduated high school, went to college, hurt myself playing football didn't know what to do with my life. I had a girlfriend that was pregnant and yeah, that was it. the typical story. Definitely. That's a whole long story, but we'll leave that one alone. So I just went, I didn't know where to go and it wasn't because of the kid. So I went to the recruiter. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something for four years. I was going to get out. And um, yeah, 21 years later, I decided to re- finally retire. Here you are, man. Well, I, I, like I've always said, man, my veterans, you guys are my heroes. I greatly appreciate your service. What college? I went to Virginia Tech. Went to Virginia Tech, man. Great school, good football program. Uh, Love it. So in the military, you obviously came up, you made it all the way up to the E8 list, man. Leadership, you know, you've seen the good, you've seen the bad, been out to the Middle East for We'll just say a couple, just a couple of years, just a couple of trips, you know, yeah. a couple of trips around the sun. What are some of the things that you are 
now experiencing now that you got out. So you got out in 2020. This just happened. Yeah. What, what are some of the big things that have hit you? You know, some guys are saying my PTSD, loud noises, fireworks. What was some of the things that were hitting you up? The biggest thing is just the atmosphere. While you're in, you just focus on going to work, coming home, doing your daily routine, leading, mentoring soldiers for the army. And that was the way of life. Put up so much in the into the army and the military. Kind of, I hate to say this, but you put the military, then family, and then everything else after that. We don't tend to, but we do that because it's it's something that supports us and it supports our family. So the biggest thing that hit me um, was the brotherhood missing it, not waking up at five thirty, five o'clock in the morning, going back out, doing it all over, and and not having those soldiers under you that uh you mentored so it's hard having now a 14 year old kid that looks up to me for mentoring versus 25 30 year olds um that they're you know their life's on the line with you but uh, ptsd is not it's not something that happens when you're out it happens before you're out you just don't realize it Um, we're always taught to push down push it and kind of drive on so push on yeah so it's it's a different it's definitely a different atmosphere because you're used to the same thing you're used to a uniform then you got to decide what you're going to get dressed in what you're going to wear and we all have this fascination that we want to retire and we want to not do anything for the rest of our lives which will never happen because we can't sit still grow our hair long and grow up beards man and get none of the tattoos up and down our arms (laughs) um (laughs) But having that, you know, it, it was a normalcy for us. And now it's different. You mattered where you were at in the army and, you know, any service you're in. And then when you're out, it seems like no one gives two shits what you do. So now I, I really want to hit what you're you're saying right now. And I don't want to lose this spot. Your position in the military, you know, you're you're as as I mean, as an E7 even or in you made the E8 list. Who you are, brother? I got you. That's pretty awesome. But that that just right there, man, somebody sees you walking down the street with your ACUs on or whatever else, they see you. They already know, like, that's that's the man right there. Or, you know, in, in my world, in the Navy, your qualification speaks volumes of you. They, we have our ribbons. We have, you know, everything. You know, you get that, that young junior soldier sailor marine airman come walking up to you while you're in your dress or whatever other uniforms that have your ribs and they're looking at your stack and it's like dude that's a bad mamma jam you know or you have your qualifications in my world we're driving billion dollar ships we're we're you know you you're running convoys we're we're doing all these things and you step out of that uniform and they're like hi yeah, we can get you a job at Best Buy with the Geek Squad if you like. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that, it, it drives me absolutely nuts that none of this transfers over to the civilian world until you really apply yourself and figure out how to kind of manipulate your resume, I guess. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. Um, you give 110% no matter what you're doing while you're in. Um, those ribbons you strive for, those ratings you try to strive for kind of goes away. And not that it means nothing, but it means more to you than it does anybody else. Um, Very right. It doesn't matter if you're in, it means more to you than anybody else. And and a lot of people don't see that, you know, they want to chase this, chase this, chase this. Then, you know, 
what you don't see is that 20 years goes by like that. And you ain't lying. So you ain't lying at all, man. Once you're out, then what? You know, where do you where do you focus your success? Where do you you can have all this? And you know, you gotta have these mentors that push you and are, are either done that or they're retired and they keep pushing you to do things that prepare you for your out. Now, what have you done to kind of combat this? So, you know, you're, you're missing that camaraderie is what I, I, f- I found a lot of people are missing once they get out that military. And it's funny. You always mention like those guys, especially the E4 mafia, man, I can't wait to get out. I'm going to grow a beard. I'm going to get earrings, tattoos, fuck the military. I'm fucking over this shit. It's such bullshit. You obviously, you did your, tw- you did pl- 20 plus yeah. and you got out. And you're missing that camaraderie. What are you doing in a healthy manner? Well, I always have to push that one. A healthy manner to combat that that void that we you wind up with. It's kind of a two-part process for me. Always keep people around. Keep people close if you can. Another thing that you have to look at, I work on base on a military installation. So it's easier. That's Every time cool. I go through that gate, I feel like I'm a part of something. I might not have the key or the, the position that I had before, but... I'm a part of that installation. I'm a part of the army's process. That structure. Um, yeah, the structure. Running, you know, soldiers after life is another thing for me. Helping other. So guys. now, let's bring that one. That's what I wanted to really yeah. get into the soldiers after life, which is a beautiful thing, man. Please, this is blow it up right here. This is you. So going through, I say the depression, the transition. Um, the one thing that the military, I can speak for the army only. Um, I've done my research. But they don't key on when you're transitioning out is mental health. What you will experience, what you what you won't experience, what you will see and what you will not see. What we just talked about earlier about you were like, let's say a sergeant major somewhere and you were really badass. And then you step out and you're you're done. Like you're not that guy anymore. And those are especially for the ones that gave everything to the army or to the military. The four mafia. <laughs> they'll, they'll make it uh, i don't doubt it not one bit but 48 percent of them still come in come back and that's why you see those e4s coming back in the military and they could be 30 years old but they're coming back because they know that that structure is there that stability is there hate to say it that paycheck's there yeah. A lot of them get out and get someone pregnant and you have a family and you need to provide for them. Times change. I mean, you could sneeze one day and have a triplet, have triplets, whatever it is. So you kind of have to adapt and overcome. And that's what we're taught. So where can we go back to that's always taking care of us? The military. Um, where they do it for the right reasons, the wrong reasons. But I had a hard time transitioning. I had a hard time letting go. It took me an hour and 15 minutes to put my uniform on for the last day, like on, not off, because I knew once it came on, that was it. So within a 90 day period of my life, I lost my grandmother, which was like my mom. I started pushing everyone away. And then the army said, all right, bye. So that was a hard transition for me. I didn't think it hit me, but it hit me pretty hard. I pushed everyone away. I pushed my own family away and I got divorced. Yeah, it's a lot, um, but you don't see it. It will not happen that day you're out. It won't happen a week later. It could be two, three, four months later. It could be two years later, but that's where I saw where the difference came in. I'm not going to lie. I've tried to commit suicide three, three and a half times. 
and I call it halftime because I got to that point on the last time and I knew that I was getting to that point. So I stopped. Um, I stopped overthinking. I stopped trying to get to that point of why do I need to be here? What was, what was my purpose? Because we're taught to handle situations in certain ways and we're taught to handle military situations in certain way. We're not taught to handle personal and civilian situations. So I started Soldiers Afterlife because I saw that. I saw the help that we didn't receive. I saw the transition or the lack of transitional support after you're out. Like I said, the, the military tries to help you to a point and then you're out and then what? The VA? Yeah. Okay. So the VA ha has programs in place, um, but the problem is they're not advertised hard enough. And those two letters right there are something that scares a veteran because of the negative stigma of the VA. You have good ones. You have it's almost as bad as 22, man. Yeah, it is. Um, you have good ones. You have bad ones. I've only had one bad instance from the VA, but we continue to go and we continue to push them away when they're there for us. But the other programs, it's easier for a veteran to talk to another veteran or a retiree to talk to another retiree. But a civilian to talk to a military guy, it's harder. It, it, we, 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 we don't accept it and we don't want to believe what they say. So I started this um, actually a couple of years ago, little by little. I didn't push it. Um, I was too worried about myself. Um, I kind of want to make sure I was grounded. And it took me about a year or so to realize, hey, this is where I want to go with it. And it turned into a T-shirt vet supporting company because I have a problem with clothes because I have like three closets full of clothes. So... <laughs> So you we gotta get you. We gotta get you an Article 15 champion shirt already. All day, bro. All day. But I definitely, I definitely saw the problem, and I didn't do it because it was me. I did it because I saw it with the rest of my fellow veterans um, and the rest of my service members that <clears throat> I served with that were retiring, and I knew what they were facing and what they were weren't and were gonna accomplish in their life. Because you know, knowing each other is knowing what. That's what leadership's about. So whether it's your battle buddy or not, um, we know each other in and out. We know how we think. I mean, I we haven't met personally, but I could probably know the next step you make in your life for, you know, down the road. If you, if you face this, you're going to do something a certain way because that's the way we were taught. Um, so we need to be taught and conditioned to get used to it. You know, a two week class or a week class right when you're out or about to get out doesn't help. That structure, it carries on, you know, man, and it seems that's what you're kind of bringing, you know, you're keeping that leadership role of, of what you left behind in the army, but still taking veterans underneath your wing and still saying there's, there's still an SOP to follow once you get out, you know, it, it's like, you know, some people, they're not going to be cut out for, for the, as we used to always call it the real world. Yeah. You know, it, it, the shit ain't, it, it ain't going to mesh very well and you need to get into a VA and we do have good people out there that get you kind of through that red tape. I, I think they're called like DVAs or something like that, yeah. that'll, that cut through the bullshit tape and you just bring them all your stuff and they talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. A lot of the times they're civilians, but they've dealt with the VA for so long 
they they have dealt with veterans for so long they kind of picked up our jargon and are able to kind of for lack of a better term they they're just good people and doing the right thing and and what you're doing with the soldiers afterlife is is nothing short of amazing and i hope you continue to keep it on it, it is a 501c3 Mine's an LLC, but what I do, what we decided, I started another nonprofit in 2014. Um, I saw the paperwork and I knew what I knew what I had to go through again. But we have a promise to our, I don't even like saying customers, that we give 70% of our earnings to veterans. Um, and then the 30% is for operational costs. Um, and how can people, if people want to buy your as I said in the TikTok world, the merch. The merch. If yeah. they want to get a hold of your merch and they want to donate their money to help these veterans, where where can they go to? Well, they can go to soldiersafterlife.com, click on there, and you can also do there's a live chat on there. So if you have a question, whether it's a transitional question or about the merchandise or whatever it may be, you can feel free. My phone's always on. My phone number is actually on my website. So you can contact me directly. Um, so, and, and I actually help, um, people one-on-one. I, I don't like to give to organizations per se. One, um, I like to actually face-to-face assist. So, um, what number the, can they reach at brother? It is, I should probably know my own number and it's awesome. I suck at this game. Just go on the website. It's seven, six, two, I think, see, hold on. Now you're going to check me, bro. I don't like this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Not prepared. Come know, on, right? man. Let's try I'm going to make sure that this all winds up in there, okay? Yeah. Um, 706-799-9708. Um, I'm actually going to, yeah. funny we talk about TikTok. I'm actually going to put out a TikTok video pretty soon with the number on there, kind of like how we have a crisis line for I got you. veterans. But it's actually going to be my that the soldier's at the life phone number. Which I'm sure I'll now, get one, great things. One of the big issues I've ran into with that man is that, and the only thing that, I, and I don't mean to talk ill about TikTok or the people who are trying to help. So, like you and I, we get somebody who's a veteran, and they they reach out to us. They you know message us or whatever. Hey man, I'm having a bad night. So say I reach out to you, and I'm just like, hey Brandon, man, I'm having a bad night, dude, and I, I just I just need to talk. You know, you shoot me your number in a heartbeat. You know, we've we've talked numerous times outside of here. We've talked outside of TikTok. I mean, you might screen me a little bit like, hey, man, you know, tell me what's going on. Hey, you know, ask a little bit about my service. Ask about where did I deploy or something like that. Kind of get a feel for me. Like, oh, no, this guy's legitimate. Yeah, yeah I'm going to hit you up, man. Let's go. Let's talk. But I have people who are civilians who on my TikTok, you know, they know that what Broken Arrow, which is my TikTok handle, stands for. And I put it out there. I'm there to help support veterans that are in need. They're pinned down. You know, they they got their backs against the wall. They think the last thing that they're going to be able to do is just this. You you call me for support. That's what I'm there. I'm, I'm going to talk to you the best I can. But you have civilians who are like, oh, this guy said he's a veteran and he needs help. Oh, hey, you know, reach out to him. Hey, man, what's going on? What do you need? Oh, I need money. You know, like. (laughs) Um, So I've dealt with that before. And honestly, I have two options, two things that I like to do. One, I like to know the need and if it's immediate. And also I have a bunch of resources that I utilize. 
that can assist with them, whether they they choose to use them is on them. And I give them those options first. Um, yeah. So money's not, it's not saying it's not possible, um, but I've given people $1,000. I've given people $15,000. I've done those things, but we at Soldiers Afterlife like to validate those things as well. Um, mm. So we need that proof because I've paid someone five months worth of rent before which is blows my mind because I don't know how they're still and where they're at, but it was valid. So I used, I know my other nonprofit, I had a million dollar grant from Home Depot every year. So if someone needed- That's beautiful. That's that's the type of stuff uh, we're trying to get into helping other veterans out. Like we do the podcast and stuff like that. Uh, My producer, Amanda, she's trying to build it up, not an empire, I guess, but just a real foundation. The podcast is part of it and she wants to work more. So I definitely want to talk to you more offline about this and trying to help more veterans. I mean, the more of these organizations I've come across tackle 22 fishing, which is Eddie. He's down in Georgia by you. Um, one thirty five woodwork or, um, custom, uh, furniture. That's, uh, my dude Wood, great guy. If you ever want to go buy an insane asylum, he's there. Amber and Amanda here. We want to tell you about our good friends over at Scale Executive Search. Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated executive search firm serving aerospace, tech, and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. There's another one called AWOL Anglers out uh, in New Mexico. Uh, pretty cool crew. Yeah, I've been around the nonprofit since 14. Yeah, so that that's what uh, Amanda is trying to build up here with the Veterans Drink of Vodka group. And it, 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 it's, it's in its infant stage, and we're just still trying to work forward with it. So she's in Arizona. I'm in the Chicago land. And then the other girl that uh, does the podcast with, Amanda is Amber, who is in Texas. So we're kind of like spread out. It, it doesn't work very well all the time. And they, they're more of night owls. I'm more of an early riser. But definitely want to bang heads with you, man, and get, get some more ideas on these non-for-profit. So we've gone over what originally put you into the military. Kind of not so much the back against the wall, but you're a little bit in a corner. You know, what have you found to be because of the military? The greatest thing that you've taken from. So (laughs) I'd say greatest, you kind of cut out. So if I'm speaking wrong, just let me know. What I've learned and brought out of the military is just knowing the differences in people, um, reading people. Um, In my career field, we learn that. Um, We learn what we do or who's who how people act, how people react, and just having that understanding of people, um, caring about the soldier, I'll use Army, of course, um, using the soldier and, and and what they do and how they handle it, what's their, you know, you should know everything about them. Um, you really should. And the biggest thing for me is just that structure. I didn't have a structure um, growing up. I was never an issue kid or a problem kid, um, but I was the only child. So I had no one to play with. It was just me. So, you know, being active duty, I had 500,000 people to play with. Um, we got to play with real guns. So it was pretty cool. Um, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. 
So knowing my left and right limits in life, definitely another thing that I learned. And I, that the point that I could push myself, you know, I did three degrees in five years um, and then went after my PhD. So those are some of the so things. You're a professor, Brandon, now? Um, going to get to that point when I graduate. It's going to be a long process, I'm sure. Professor Brandon, I like it. Yeah, no. The tattoos are going to go over very well at the school. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're going to get one of those jackets with the leather patches on the elbows? Yeah. So my <laughs> biggest – so I got offered to teach um, at a university up north um, after I retired because I already have my master's degree. So I wasn't what ready. What would you teach? Um, it would be public administration. So I teach like FEMA <laughs> courses and all that stuff. So <laughs> I, I don't foresee that being a good career choice. Yeah, no. If you have knife handed and cursed out, uh, we'll we'll go. It would be a, at least a we'll say a major. If you have cursed out a major, I don't think you're going to be able to cut it at a college. No. I I mean I'm like I said, this goes back to left and right limits. I know my left and right limits. I, I I know my I know what I can and can't get away with. Um, I got away with more at the end because I knew I was retiring, so I gave two shits. Um, it makes you a dangerous man. Then it is. It is. That's why they told me I didn't have to come to work for a while. Um, but <laughs> I'm I'm getting there, man. I have I I'm on my last contract. Yeah. I only have uh, as of April seventeenth. I have three years left. Nice. That was cute. I had, let's see, three years left. Yeah, it was a long time ago. No, um, I was in Hawaii. I'm sorry, years. I'm not so old. Yes, I am. I just turned 40, so. Oh! Yeah. Did you go and get your colonoscopy? Not yet. Now it's 50, so I don't have to feel bad. So, <laughs> I might want to prep when I drink 17 different monsters a day. You know, whatever. That's terrible. <laughs> it is, and my doctor asked you gotta, me why. You got to get with the new, the new age shit, man. It's the bangs. They're all about the bangs. I have bangs. Like I throw one in just to, you know, mix it up a little bit. But it's good because I take blood thinners too. So, good lord. Yeah, I've had five strokes. I kind of keep going. You know, the average, the average life. Yeah. So how is how has the LLC been working out for you? And the 501, uh, 501c3 that you get, we were talking about from 2014, are you guys going to be bringing that back? It is still going, and it's been going. When I went to Hawaii, I handed it over to the vice president at the time. I My hands were kind of wiped clean of that because I knew I couldn't put forth the effort or time into it as I needed to. Um, when I was mm-hmm. in Virginia, station in Virginia, someone in Austin needed help, and I told my command, and I was gone that afternoon and drove 21 hours straight. So that was the freedom I had <coughs> to help people. Um, so I couldn't do that in Hawaii. I mean, it's a long swim or a long flight to help people. So I wanted someone that was on ground. I had a commander and a XO in each state that would try to help people and handle things before I did. But yeah. That I mean, they're still rolling, and I you know I want them to keep going what they do. And there's a limit on um, what they can handle, but money's always the concern. Schwartz Davidson Law is a Texas-based, veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game, and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. 
Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz-Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. And that's admirable, man. That 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 is a part of leadership that I see to go missing a lot of times where you realize that you do have to take that step back and let somebody else take the reins. And it's hard. It's hard for a lot of people, especially I'm in, e, in an E6 position. At one point, I was the what we consider a leading petty officer, uh, a leading petty officer for a, um, a company of, of 200 plus sailors. And uh, I wound up getting uh, my my two boys were born and one of them was born with uh a lot of deficiencies, a lot of issues. And at the same time, I got picked up for what my career is now is a police officer. It was a lot to hit me all at one time. And I was like, you know what? I remember being that E4 or that E5 with the shitbag E6 that's in charge. But it's because at one point he did great work or he has been there for so long. So the leadership put him there. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be that fucking guy. I'm not going to take that role away from somebody else who deserves it or who can do a better job. I have a lot of other personal stuff that I have to attend to. Just like you're saying, you know, you were in Hawaii at the time. You're not going to be a boots on ground kind of guy. And you need somebody else that needs to step up and take on that role. And that's a lot of businesses fail because they're not able to give it up. A lot of 501c3s fail because somebody thinks that what they're, they believe is the right choice. And they, they're like, well, I'm just go with this. And they fuck something up. And you know, it, it's, it's a big, it's a big step to make, man, uh, to start something and be able to step away from it. So I got to commend you on that. Um, if, if you have, Oh, no. So you're the camaraderie thing and everything like that. If you can put something to these, you know, we got, and it, it breaks my heart every time that I think about this, you know, you, you're thinking of these new privates that are coming into the army today. You know, don't roll your eyes. Don't roll your eyes. I know. I know. I know. It's okay. It's okay. They, they have stress cards and stuff like that in boot camp. but in all seriousness, there's soldiers, Marines, airmen, and sailors that are coming back, even Coast Guards and whatever a Space Forcer is. Um, they're coming back from the Middle East. They are seeing combat still. These guys weren't even born when 9-11 hit. Yep. You know what I mean? When you first joined the military back in the other century, Thanks. because you're so old, <laughs> Um, these guys are coming back. There's active duty guys. There's active duty guys that are getting out after 
20, 25 to 30 years. If you had, you know, a chance to talk to each one of these guys, you had a bit of information, advice that you wanted to give these guys that are going to be coming back and getting out, what would that advice be? Uh, for me, be prepared. Preparedness. Uh, we always taught PCCs, PCIs in the Army, um, pre-combat checks, pre-combat inspections, um, and back, backwards plan. Um, that's a big thing that even the civilian world doesn't like to do. This is your end state. This is where you want to be, and you got to set goals. If you don't set goals, I don't care if they're to be a millionaire or you want to be a truck driver. Um, set goals. This is where I want to be. Where do I have to go to get there? Um, and plan to the left. Where do I, you know, okay, I get my license. Where do I go to school? All right, let me set that up. Let me do these things that get me to that point. And the military does so much and has so many resources available to utilize while you're in. Use them. Use the dog shit out of the military. They Fuck use yeah. us left and right. Yep. Um, you know, I have a buddy who went into the reserves and guard because he wanted to get his doctorate and be a doctor. And he did. And the army paid for it. So you, I mean, I, I love the military. I love it to death, like more than most, probably most people, but use them, use what they have and, and, and use every dollar. It doesn't matter the dollars are already set aside. Don't think about politics in the, in the, in the mix. They're already set aside and they're set aside every year. Um, it's not going to change. So use it, use it, use it backwards plan, start planning your career after start planning your life after and start working towards that. I don't care if it's 15 years in and then you start working or 10 years in, um, start at a, at a starting point and set that goal and then work backwards. That's beautiful. man. Yeah. I, that's, that's exactly what your guys's organization is all about. You know, the soldiers, Afterlife, you know, I know it sounds morbid to civilians, soldiers afterlife, but it's what they're really saying is when you take that uniform off, when that U.S. Army, U.S. Navy, U.S. Air Force, U.S. Marine is no longer in the driver's seat of your life, it's no longer that name over your left breast pocket. Who are you going to be when you take that uniform off? What are you going to do with your life? And a lot of the times we're coming across people are not, they're losing their purpose. They're not finding their place in life, that spot that they're supposed to be. There was always, especially for anybody who's getting out after they're four and they're part of that E4 mafia, um, you know, somebody is always telling you where to be and you know where not to be when, when that person's walking through because you're E4 mafia. But there's always a, p a plan of the day, a plan of the week, a plan of the month. There's always something always set up for you. And whether you're going with it or going against it, E4 Mafia, you, you know where you're supposed to be and you know what's supposed to happen. You know the training that's supposed to be there. And what they're getting at is take full advantage. When people are saying, you know, and I hear this regularly. Oh, you know what, man? No, I, I didn't see much. I didn't do much in the military. I'm, I don't need to make a claim at the VA. The money is set aside. It's all there. Take full advantage. You did your part. You did what you were supposed to. GI uh, Post 9-11 GI bills. Now that, and, and I was part of the original, yeah. pay that $100 into the GI bill. I was lucky enough to be part of Illinois' IVG grant, the uh, Illinois Veterans Grant. 
but take advantage. There are so many resources out there for veterans, whether you went to Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, whether you went to Qatar for your three beers a day, or you went to Bahrain and you drank in the Desert Dome, if you went to just Dubai and you were hanging out the Irish village, if you were stationed at Japan the whole time and you got there at the wrong time and they weren't allowing you to drink anymore, if you if you were stationed stateside the entire time, these veteran resources are set aside specifically for you to use and utilize. So do them a good service for those people who are working the computers and whatever, whatnot. And utilize them. That's all it takes, man. But uh, we're going to be closing it up here with Brandon. And brother, I greatly appreciate you coming aboard. He is Nightmare Soldier on TikTok where grown men hang out and meet. (laughs) Dude, that's how we met. So you know that forever you will be my TikTok buddy. There we go. Yeah, I... My son started it. And I was like, "You're stupid. Why are you doing this stuff?" You're stupid. Yeah, like, why? That's just oh. And then next thing you know, I have ninety-four thousand followers. So, you know, we go from there. Well, that's that's about ninety more than I have. So, yeah. I, you're doing it right, man. I I don't know what I'm doing beard, wrong. Bro. Apparently, a lot. It's the beard. That's what is it? It's the it beard. is the beard. Yeah. If I, I normally do have a beard, there's some. It, it's nice and smooth today. And a little, I, I some of mine came off on the top end. Oh, mine's but, gone. Uh, what's that? Mine's gone on top. So okay, so it's not just me, and it's the tattoos. I don't have any arm tattoos. Yeah. I have, yeah. You you definitely have plenty of arm tattoos for everybody here. I, I do. I honestly, I greatly appreciate you, man, coming aboard. I, I really, I do, guys. If you have a chance, man, check it out. Soldiers Afterlife. If you're able to donate, please do. Brandon is taking phone calls. If you want to call him, man, he gave his phone number. It'll be in the bio for this. I will make sure that his, the link, the, the email address, if you don't feel comfortable calling him, he does text. He is a millennial. He will definitely text. <laughs> the, the look, the oh, look no. on your face is great. No. I have millennial tendencies. That's it. Guys, um, please reach out. Again, he's in Georgia. He is an IT guru. He knows how to lay it down when it comes to getting to the web, and he can erase a browser like nobody's business. Trust me. (laughs) But, uh, brother, again, thank you so very much for coming aboard. Thanks, I really appreciate you. We're going to be ending it right here, all right? (laughs) 